Podcast Answer Man, episode number 323. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, everyone. This is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. And if you're looking to ignite the podcasting world, then you're in the right place. For Cliff Ravenscraft is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you've been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet hit the record button on that first episode yet. There's something we can all do to take our show, our podcast, and everything we do in life to the next level. Well, my friends, I am super excited about the show that I have prepared for you today. Now, last week, I went on and on with Eric about why I was, you know, dipping my toes or actually jumping headfirst into the Evernote Kool-Aid, the pool full of Kool-Aid. Anyway, I have been loving Evernote, and I have uh, gone in and found a way for me to process a ton of your questions that you've been submitting on the voicemail feedback hotline. In fact, today, uh, I, I still will be using uh, my soundbite software uh, quite a bit, but today I'm actually going to be trying something different here. I'm going to be playing audio files, your voicemail feedback that's already been processed, and I've already got little notes about what your questions are uh, so that I can see the outline when I'm responding to you and, and all of that stuff. And sometimes if I need to think about something I want to say and make sure that I get included, I even have notes about those in my note. But um, Soundbite has the ability to play MP3 and WAV files right from the software. And just playing around with it, it seems like it might work. So I'm going to just try to queue it all up from Evernote today when it comes to your questions. So... Uh, that is today's show. We are going to be talking about um, Jonathan's question. He's been inspired to podcast, but not sure what format to choose and wants to know if I have any thoughts I can give him on his first episode, what to do in his first episode. Brian Wallace wants to know, why do you record in stereo when you could get half the file size in mono? And then a different Brian wants to know if I actually pan my microphone to the left and pan my co-host to the right so that our voices are recorded into separate tracks. And if not, why? And all that good stuff. We'll talk about that. A third Brian. This is the Brian episode. Uh, third Brian actually wrote a comment in a previous uh, show, uh, in the section comment section. Easy for me to say. Uh, of a previous post of Podcast Answer Man, and he says, dude, Cliff, there's all these conferences. How did, how does one make a decision of where to go, and and how did you make this decision when you were, you know, when finances are tight? And we'll talk about that as well. Even though that one wasn't called in on the voicemail feedback hotline, I should have uh, responded and say, hey, I would love to cover that. Will you call it in? But I didn't, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, then we have a question from Rick. How long does it take for a rating or review to show up in iTunes? Uh, I'll tell you about a recent video blog post that I put on my website. I'm uh, going to give a good plug for Music Radio Creative in this episode and 
share with you the new theme song that they created for my Veronica Mars fan podcast that I'm doing with my wife. And then I'll wrap up the show uh, with a lot of thank yous and good stuff. So if those things sound interesting to you, that's what we're covering today. And uh, if not, then I'll see you next week with more great content that hopefully will be interesting to you then. So let's get things started right away. We're going to just jump right into the voicemail feedback here. And uh, the first question is from Jonathan. Hello, Cliff. My name is Jonathan Gaby. I'm from Frankfort, Kentucky. And uh, through your podcast, I've been uh, inspired to start my own podcast. And I'm not really sure uh, what, uh, what to write my show about and uh, how to go about recording my first show. Uh, I'd like to get your input on different types of shows. I know that there are predominantly interview shows and uh, predominantly uh, just one guy speaking for about an hour or half hour or whatever. But I was wondering if you could go through the different types of shows, if you could, and uh, how to prepare to write and produce my first podcast. Thanks so much for what you do. And uh, first of all, your uh, podcast is really great. Uh, Probably the best I've ever heard. And uh, look forward to your uh, response in a future podcast. Thanks so much. Bye. All right, Jonathan, thank you so much for your questions here. Um, as far as you're inspired to be uh, to join us in this podcasting sphere, I'm so excited about that. It's one of the reasons why I love creating each episode of Podcast Answer Man. I desire to in- inspire other people with my passion for podcasting, hoping that the passion will rub off on you and you will want to launch a podcast. And it's working. It's It's been working for quite some time, and I'm so excited to hear that you're in that boat. Now, here's the situation, though. You're, you're thinking, okay, what format should I choose for my show? And yeah, there are a lot of different options there. Uh, you already mentioned the interview fo- uh, format, and it seems like there's a ton of interview podcasts out there that are popping up all over the place. Several of my friends have interview-focused podcasts, and, and that's a fine format. Uh, interestingly enough, it is not my favorite format. Now, do I do some interviews on Podcast Answer Man from time to time? I just, I think I did three or four of them together, back-to-back episodes. And occasionally, I think interviews are great, and and I prefer kind of a little mixture. So you mentioned another format, which is the ability to just do monologue. It's just a solo show. It's you sharing your thoughts, answering, uh, or actually, it could be just a monologue. This show is not just a monologue, though. Uh, oftentimes, I do have long, drawn-out monologues, but mine's a, a, a Q&A show a lot of the time, although it's not always Q&A, so there are many episodes where I don't answer questions. So you have interview format, you have the long monologue where you just share something. You could have one topic, and that topic's the main topic that you're going to talk about the entire episode from beginning to end. You can do a solo show where... Uh, you cover three topics or two topics, and you do a transition between the, the maybe the type of topic it is. Maybe it's a technology tip of the week, and then it's a tech news story of the week, and then it's the productivity on how to use this tool in your day-to-day business life. Those are three different segments, if you will. That's another option for you. Um, then there's the co-hosted show. You could have a co-host that's with you every single week. You could do a panel session. Uh, You could do a panel podcast where you have uh, every week you have two to four people and I would recommend you never really go beyond four. Five I've I've seen done and it's been okay from time to time. 
Um, I do. I, I subscribe to and and have very rarely have I ever missed a single episode of This Week in Tech and Mac Break, Break Weekly, and those are both panel discussion podcast formats. And I love panel discussions. I I really enjoy co-hosted shows, and and depending on who the host is, I also really enjoy the monologue. Um, I really like conversations, whether it's a conversation between two people, three people, or four people, or if it's a conversation with you as the solo host of the show, having a conversation with me, the the subscriber, the listener. And and so those are the those are the ones that I really enjoy myself. Now, don't take what I enjoy or what I don't like uh particularly and make your decision based upon that because there's so many different people and so many different tastes out there. Uh so, yeah, those are the different types out there. You could do um, Q&A, questions and answers. You can share topics ahead of time. You can do late-breaking late news updates each week. Really, just choose the one uh, that works for you. Or, by the way, don't choose just one. Uh, you don't have to have an interview podcast. You don't have to have a monologue podcast. You don't have to stick with a co-host podcast. I, I, don't, have, I don't feel like I have to be constrained to a format. It's it's not really all that important. We do talk a lot about consistency in podcasting and yeah, there there's some value in in being consistent and having people come to know what to expect. And well, for me, I I, I guess I would just say, well, you come to expect whatever it is that I feel that is most appropriate for podcast answer man this week. That's what you're going to get. And it's, and it's a mixed bag and that's what people have come to expect from me. But where consistency really comes in, where I'm actually quite um, rigid on my thoughts about consistency, that's about your release schedule. How, how, you know, it's, it's how often do your episodes come out and what day or what time do they typically come out? You know, those, those are things I think are more important when it comes to consistency. Also, consistency is also the, the length of your show. Can people kind of get a feel just by seeing the name of your show? Do they, will they immediately be able to say, oh, yeah, that's a 40-minute show each week or that's a, you know, a 20-minute a show or that's an hour-long show? And, and not that it necessarily has to be, you know, on the money is it, you know, if it's a 30 minute show, sometimes it's, you know, 17 minutes, sometimes it's 37 minutes, but it's usually about a half an hour. Uh, mine, my show, usually about an hour. That's, that's what I shoot for. And so those are, those are the different formats. And I hope that helps you out, Jonathan. The thing is, there's no rule in podcasting. Do what you want. It's your show. And I love that. As far as your first episode goes, um, here's what I would say about that. Introduce yourself. Talk about, you know, introduce the name of your show. Tell people about how you heard about podcasting. Tell people why you made the decision that you want to start podcasting. Tell them what inspired the show. Tell them what inspired the name of the show, what the, what the show is going to be about, and all of that stuff. And if you want, you can, there, there are a lot of options here. You can take the entire first episode and record 20 to 30 minutes. If you're, Let's just say if your show is normally going to be 20 to 30 minutes. If you want, you could do 20 to 30 minutes all about the introduction of you and your show and what's going to be covered. Um, sometimes this can get a little bit boring. So it, it might be interesting to you. Sometimes people are like, okay, already. get in. Stop telling me about what you're going to tell me and just tell me. With your first episode, you're all, I think you're always given a little bit of grace. And a lot of people will go back and listen to your first episode, especially you know, during your first 20 to 30 episodes, these folks are going to 
potentially go back and listen to the first episode, especially if you actually label it introduction. My recommendation, if you have a 20 to 30 minute show, what I really like is if you can actually do an introduction of all of those things about who you are and what you're doing, and within five minutes or less, immediately go into the first quote unquote bit of content. So if your show is normally 15 to 20 or 20 to 30 minutes about, uh, let's see, social media, that's the content of your show. Spend the first five minutes talking about who you are and what the show is and what you're going to do with it and what your vision and plan is. And then spend the remaining 25 minutes of the show doing your first topic, covering it, just jumping right in head first. I really like shows that are like that. Uh, that is that is my preference, is that you just kind of get right into the content. Jonathan, I hope those tips are helpful to you. There's a ton more that I could say, obviously, but uh, that should get you uh, plenty of options of what to do there. So thank you for calling that in. And next, we're going to move to Brian Wallace, who has a question about mono or stereo. Take it away, Brian. Hey, Cliff. My name is Brian Wallace. I'm at physicianassistantexamreview.com. I just had a quick question about recording in mono versus recording in stereo. Um, I see that you set up most of your tutorials and most of your stuff in stereo, and I was just curious if you could talk about that for a couple of minutes. Um, I just look at cutting the data in half as such a nice feature of recording in mono. I was wondering about the advantages of recording in stereo. Thanks again. I really appreciate all you do. All right, Brian. Thank you so much. I am one of those guys who records in stereo. I love stereo. Now, I know that I'm speaking into a microphone that is a mono microphone, and it's putting the same amount of audio in the left ear as it is in the right ear, and that's a pretty much a majority of my entire episode. But the fact is, is that when I click this button right here, there, there are some interest, instruments that are in the left channel, some instruments that are in the right channel. And, and when I play this little sound clip here, Entertaining, educational, and encouraging. There is a stereo separation of sound. And I know that it's 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 a little bit um, OCD of me, a little obsessive compulsive to want to make sure that I, I maintain that awesome stereo quality. I mean, back in the day, I used to have, you know, listener feedback and it would sound like this. Yes. Colonel Lock, is this line secure? Line secure, go ahead. Cliff, Stephanie, Toy. This is Michelle from Texas. This is Kim from Indiana. Josh from California. Jennifer from Florida. Sam in Tucson. Kimberly from California. Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Listener feedback. Target area is acquired. We are a go. Roger that. Now, for those of you who are listening with, you know, maybe just playing it through the computer speakers and stuff like that, it just sounded normal to you. Uh, if you're driving the car, chances are it probably just sounded normal. But for those of you who had earbuds in, you probably noticed that when you heard the sample of the calls that came in from the voicemail feedback hotline, they were panned a little bit to the left while the music's still playing and the jingle's playing a little bit more into the left. Or Actually, it was the, the callers were in the right channel and the music is still playing in the left channel. And there's... You know, there's stereo separation, and and I kind of like that. And occasionally, I'll throw in clips here and there, and 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 stuff. In fact, I'm going to play an audio branding commercial, and I'm going to play the Veronica Mars music. And and I love stereo separation. And even if the episode is you know 100 percent 
um, mono, I, I just it's just a habit of mine to put it in stereo. But yes, if you were to cut it down to mono, it basically takes all of that stuff and makes it exactly the same volume and and sound in the left channel and the right channel. It just mixes them together to one mono s- sound, and it does cut the file size in half. Absolutely 100% half the file size. So for those of you who are really concerned about file size, then by all means, export to mono. That's perfectly fine. For me, not going to worry about it. I've been I've got 3000 well over 3100 episodes, all of them in stereo. And it runs me I'm using the Fraunhofer MP3 encoder that's used inside of Adobe Audition. And I do it at 44,100 sample rate. So it's 44.1 kilohertz. And I also do 128 uh, kilobits per second as far as the compression setting. And that gives me approximately one megabyte per minute of audio. And yes, if I did mono, it would make it one half a megabyte uh, per minute of audio approximately. So why do I do it? I do it because of the stereo separation. I prefer it that way and uh, I've always done it that way. And also the fact is is that bandwidth is getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and bandwidth is getting faster and faster and faster. So it's, it's at the point where not everybody has internet yet as we talked about in a previous episode of Podcast Answer Man. But uh I, I think we're moving in a direction where bandwidth for a little tiny audio file is not that big a deal, especially when we're all starting to stream live television in HD to all of our mobile devices. I, I think that uh, I can splurge a little bit when it comes to to these things. So, Brian, that's that's my thinking on that and my feelings, and, and I don't expect you or anybody else to, to agree with me, but uh, certainly I do understand the desire for some people to to want to knock down those uh, file sizes. And so uh, going to mono is a very simple way to do it, and you really don't lose a lot. Uh, I, I it, Like I said, I absolutely know it's totally obsessive, compulsive of me. But yeah, I want my intro, my outro, and any other sound clips that I have and bring into the show to have that stereo separation. Moving right along, another Brian, as I said, uh, he wants to know about panning audio left and right, speaking about separating and st- uh, in, in different channels. Let's uh, see what Brian has for us. Hey, Cliff. This is Brian from Missouri, and I had a question for the Podcast Answer Man show. I was curious if you ever pan your audio while you're recording so that your voice is on one channel and your guest voice is on the other channel. That way you can edit them separately in post-production and mix them back together. And if you don't do that, I was curious, if you have both voices on both channels, I know that you do kind of a a DJ announcer vocal effect in post-production with Adobe Audition. Does that also affect your guest's voice and make them sound a little bit more like the DJ sound? And just FYI, I'm recording this on an SM58 mic with a Mackie 1402 VLZ3 Pro, and I'd like to hear your feedback. Thanks. Alrighty, Brian, thank you so much for the questions here. And the answer to your question is no. I do not separate my audio into the left channel and right channel. And for those who are who are wondering, it, it is a great solution if you want to be able to separate that out and and in post-production being able to 
easily adjust volume levels or sounds or filters for each person's voice through the entire episode without affecting the other person's voice or your voice in the process, then then you can separate this out. So basically how I have things going here in the studio or even with the Skype Mix Minus, I could do this. I have my my microphone and the other person's audio, whether it be another microphone in the studio or Skype coming into my mixer, all of that comes into my mixer and then I send one stereo uh, cable sound, one stereo signal from the mixer into my digital audio recorder, which is recording a stereo track, a left channel and a right channel. Now, I keep everything dead center. You know, I'm I'm in I'm in both ears exactly the same when it comes from our my my microphone, my co-host microphone, or the person on Skype's audio coming in. It's it's dead centered, not pan to the left or pan to the right at all. And I do that because, well, I, I, I believe in quick, easy, painless uh, post-production. And so most of the time I hit the stop button, I'll pull in the file, run my multi-band compressor over the entire thing, and then hit save, and I'm pretty much done. That's all I have to do. Now, if I want to, now what happens if I'm talking and while I'm talking, Stephanie sneezes, Stephanie's my wife, what if she sneezes? Well, guess what I do? I say, bless you, <laughs> and we move on. It's not a big deal. Or if we're doing something professional and and I accident, and, and she accidentally hits her microphone while I'm reading an advertisement that is a very big deal and it could never be messed up, then she hits the microphone and I stop and I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to edit that out. Give us a second and I'll pause and won't say anything. And then I'll start over where I, you know, restart the last sentence that I said, and then I'll reread it without that being in there. And then in post-production, I just wipe that little bit out. I could even do that to a sneeze if I want to. But I just, you know, live to hard drive. Just life is what it is. Move forward. Carry on. Create great content and 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 sound great. And people will, uh, they, they're, they're okay with it. Now, the thing is, you know, I'm obsessive compulsive over wanting my stereo separation, and I understand a lot of people's desire to separate those channels and process those signals separately. And to answer your second question, yes, when I run my multi-band compressor, it is actually getting my voice, it's getting my co-host voice or my guest on Skype's voice. It's also recompressing the music at the front of and end of my show and any other audio clips. It's getting the whole darn thing. Don't mind at all. It actually sounds pretty good, and uh, I've had a lot of a, a lot, a ton of positive feedback about the quality of the show. So it's never really affected me. However, if you're obsessive about getting things just right, and you know, there, let's just say the the person on Skype is coming in and their audio, and and you're having a co-hosted situation, and while you're doing this long stretch of talking. In the background on Skype, that you all of a sudden you hear, let's just say, a dog barking or something like that. Well, you could easily, if you were panning yourself to the left and your person on Skype to the right, you could very easily go in and and just erase all of those spots uh, in the right channel where that dog was there. You could just make them silent, and then when you're finished, then you could export or mix down that recording to a mono recording, which again, will reduce your file size in half. And it will also, uh, you know, it, it puts everything there all together, one nice package. So I'm not against doing it, 
But your question, Brian, for me was, do you do it? And the answer is no, I do not do that. I, I just, I'm a, a live to hard drive. I try to get everything to sound as great as possible and, and try to avoid any kind of audio issues, making sure audio levels are equal and the same. I try to do all of that stuff before I ever hit the record button. All right, we're going to move on to the next question, which is coming in from Brian, which, by the way, this one, again, is not from the voicemail feedback hotline. Normally, I only cover questions uh, when you call them in. If you guys want to, I, you know, this is the interesting thing. I get so many questions just because I, I consistently answer questions, and people just go looking on my website for how to leave uh, a question or a comment or actually, it's it's I I really don't play a lot of comments on the show. If you want to know, if you want to know how to get your question onto Podcast Answer Man, here's how you do it. You go to podcastanswerman.com, and if you click on the contact tab up there, you will actually see contact information. And on that page, it'll tell you all the ways that you can submit a question for this show. And if you don't want to do all of that, you can just go to podcastanswerman.com/feedback. It will take you to the exact same place. So anyway, let's go to this. This was um, Brian asked the following question on episode in the comment section for episode 321. He wrote, so many of these conferences I would love to go to, uh, especially New Media Expo. When you were starting out, how did you work the conferences into your budget? Since so many of them are so expensive to those of us who are still trying to get things off the ground. Brian, I could not agree with you more. I can I can tell you right now, 2008 was the first year I did this thing full-time as my career, and finances were super, super, extremely tight. I mean, all you need to do is watch the story that I tell in my video on my About page. It's an hour-long video about my story of how I went from hobby to full-time career at podcastanswerman.com slash about. It was extremely, extremely difficult. And, well, I'm going to be laid out here and just be honest and transparent with you and tell you that, uh, you know, for the two years that I did it as a hobby and for the first year that I I did this full-time, I didn't attend any of these paid-for conferences. I, I, I just didn't. Um, I, I did make it and uh, to a, a pod camp here and there and because they were free. Now, the biggest thing for me was I think it was uh, I went to, you know, the travel expenses to go to Nashville. Uh, I, I did take that and I did the travel expenses to Boston uh, during that period of time. But the, the conference themselves, the conferences themselves for pod camps were free at the time. And, you know, I had to travel there usually by plane or by you know several hours driving and there's hotel costs and meals and stuff like that and so even all of that stuff it was very difficult but when it comes to these big conferences I didn't attend any of them and and I just could I, I thought I couldn't afford them and the other thing that I believed is you know at the time I would have actually considered these expenses you know this, it, this is very expensive you know, a matter of fact, I think you may have even wrote that. Did you actually? Matter of fact, you did. You said since many of them seem so expensive, and and so we when we view them in in that way, um, we we see them as an expense. And maybe perhaps Brian, you're thinking about conferences the same way I did, as as though that they were luxuries. These are these are this is a fun getaway. It's going to be 
you know, it'd be an exciting time. And and it sure it sure is. It's it is fun. It is exciting to go to these conferences. I won't lie to you. Uh, those are those are very much the fact, and and stuff. And and is it a luxury? Absolutely, it's a luxury. It it, it is nice to be able to to go and travel. The thing is, though, is that I don't consider conferences an expense. I consider them an investment. And when all of a sudden, and by the way, I'm on the other side of this, so I've actually been to a ton of conferences now, and I know what conferences do for me. I know what they do for me personally. I know what they do for me professionally. I know how just one tiny insight out of an entire three-day conference, if I walk away and only take one thing away, how that can add more than $50,000 of income, extra income, over the next 12 months. Um, when you think about that, it doesn't matter if, if it's a thousand dollars to go to the conference or to sign up for the conference, and then it's you know six hundred dollars for hotel room and another five hundred dollars for thing. What are we at? Twenty one hundred dollars. Did I just do math on this podcast and get that right? Somebody will fact check me on that. But twenty one hundred dollars. You know, is that a lot? And not to mention the opportunity cost of work and productivity that I. I don't get done here at the office and studio and 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 working on generate that's that's those are non non revenue generating days and that could actually end up bringing the cost of this conference to not just the twenty one hundred dollars for travel expenses hotel and and the conference at fees itself and food on top of that and but then the fact that I'm not going to be doing consulting calls and and effectively that's going to cost me you know when i think about it it's going to cost me about $5000 to go away for this 4 day you know for 4 days to this 3 day conference because we're including travel time in there $5000 there's no way i can that that's too expensive but let me just say let me just say this if i had if i was to offer this to any to everybody listening guys here's the deal here, here's the situation. I've come, I've come across a ton of cash. Um, I've got several hundred thousand. I've got like nine hundred thousand dollars worth of cash just sitting here on my desk. And here's what I want you to do: if you will send me a check in an envelope for five thousand dollars, you write it out to you know Ravenscraft Enterprises LLC and send it to this address. You send me a check for five thousand dollars. I will cash it, and as long as it clears, I will turn around. And in three months, I will turn around and send you a check for twenty thousand dollars. All right, or or what if I I told you that that in twelve months? Let's let's make it that way. In twelve months, I I will I will send you a check for twenty thousand dollars. Or what if it's in twelve months? I'll I'll send you fifty thousand dollars. Or what if it was just seven thousand dollars? Or what if you know I said go you know you go to this conference and you spend it's going to cost you a total of five thousand. What if over the next twelve months, at the end of twelve months, um, I'll send you the five thousand dollars back. I, matter of fact, uh, you know it, it, it. I'll just send I'll just send you your money back. Would you be interested in those things? Absolutely, you would be. And that is exactly how I see a conference, especially if we're talking about business. All right, I. I go to conferences for several reasons. Number one, I am always inspired to hear about the journey of other people and meeting people face-to-face and hearing how they've been able to accomplish the things that they've accomplished. 
Uh, just the conversation can inspire so many different things. It's like, oh, teleseminars. I never thought about that. Oh, webinars. I bet you I could do I wonder if people would pay me to do a webinar. And then all of a sudden, three weeks later, I get a you know $16,000 in income from people who signed up for my webinar. I am not kidding you. It's, it, it's like that. I, I meet somebody who says, wow, you know, this I built a business and I did it because I created these webinars and people pay and this is how I did it and blah, 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 blah. And three weeks later, I come home and I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna create some webinars. So I, I create, I choose what my topics will be. I send it out to my mailing list and say, it's $100 per webinar for seven webinars. I'm going to have seven webinars. Here's the links to sign up for them all individually. It's $100 per episode. If you sign up for all seven of them, it's $595. And uh, you'll get recordings of everything, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing I know, three weeks later, I send that email out and I've got $16,000 in my in my account that would have never happened if I didn't hear about and meet that person was inspired by their story at that conference. So it was it worth it to go to the conference? Yes, it was worth it. Um, here's the deal. I get to meet friends that I have been interacting with online at most of these conferences. Uh, you know, people that I know on Twitter and Facebook were leaving comments and at replying each other and and they're calling in on the voicemail feedback hotline and I'm listening to their podcast or reading their blog or whatever the case may be. And, and all of a sudden we develop these friendships or relationships online, but there's nothing out there that beats taking those relationships to a face-to-face basis shaking their hands physically, having a conversation, uh, you know, grabbing a Diet Coke at, you know, at the, at the hotel bar um, and, or whatever the case may be. I mean, it just the face-to-face is out of this world. And you, your relationship with those individuals are much deeper. You'll meet, uh, you'll meet those friends that you've been wanting to meet. You'll meet new friends that you would have never met otherwise the networking opportunities alone are out of this world. My friends, I'm going to be playing a, a, a promo for my good friends, uh, Mike and Isabella Russell. I want to tell you right now, I have been responsible for generating thousands of dollars worth of uh, of revenue for their business since uh, January of this year. And not only that, I've received thousands of dollars in commission as a result of... Uh, you know, sending them business for their for their work. And do you know how that happened? It happened because of us meeting each other and networking and and all of a sudden saying, hey, yeah, let's let's work together. Let's do some business together. And all of that came out of our meeting each other at New Media Expo in in Vegas this past year this year, earlier this year, January of 2013. So that absolutely you get the chance to network is just out of out of this world. Then there's the change of scenery. You know, sometimes you sometimes just changing the view. Like for example, right now I'm in this studio where I'm at, and in in my office here, I'm looking out. I see the same tree every day. I see the same fence. I see the same four squirrels running across the line of the fence all all the time, and and I I, I see the same thing every single day, and 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 it's cool. I mean, I love my view here. But sometimes when you just walk away and and you just get a different change of scenery, all of a sudden it 
you know, things stand out to you in a different way. All of a sudden, you're noticing trees, you're noticing leaves, you're noticing the color of things, you're noticing the smells, the sights, the senses, the all of those different things. You're it it, it peaks so much of your creativity, and all of a th- all of a sudden, you're thinking in a different way. And I'm not kidding you. Just the change of scenery can totally change the way you think creatively, and all of a sudden, new ideas come to you that would have never come otherwise. Then there's the, I I totally believe in the value of investing in yourself, all right? You've got to invest in you. Put money into your training, your education, your development. Absolutely, hands down, it is important to invest in yourself. It's okay to spend money on you. Spending money on you to improve yourself, to invest in yourself, is ultimately going to have great rewards, in return on your business. And then one of the things that I have learned about money, and I'm not gonna go into this in great detail, but one of the things I've learned about money and wealth is this. It is designed to flow, all right? And this is big level concept here, but it's it's money is like water. It is meant to flow. And if you've ever seen water that gets stuck in a pond And all of a sudden, you've got water that flows in, but it just sits there. It doesn't go anywhere. and That that water never flows anywhere else. It just sits there and sits there under the hot sun. Eventually, water that does not have a chance to flow out anywhere else, it stagnates. It gets putrid. It's undrinkable. It's it's just absolutely, it, it, it becomes something that's a nuisance. And that's the same thing with your money. If you're holding on to that money and just grasping it and you have a mindset of scarcity, it is definitely hurting you and your business. And I'm speaking from my own experience. In 2008, I had very serious financial issues trying to get things off the ground and I had a very serious uh, mindset issue when it came to money. And I will tell you right now, I have, I, I'm at a place, and, and even before, I, I realized spending money is, ha- is one of the best ways to start receiving money. I, it, that it sounds crazy. I know. It's just true. You have to take my word for it. You, it, it, you don't have to, but I would assume there's a, a very high percentage of you out there that have come to know, like, and trust me, and you believe me that I'm not going to mislead you in this, but I have found that that there is something to be said for the best way for money to flow into you is to start allowing some of your money to flow to other people, all right? And by the way, work to become debt-free. <laughs> that, that helps too. So, but here's the deal. Now, um, the, if you want more about this and all of these things, let, let me encourage you, my good friend, and this is, maybe I'll just throw this in as a personal plug of the week as well, and I think I might have even talk to him, uh, talked about him in the past, but anyway, Ray Edwards podcast, rayedwards.com slash 074 if you want. I encourage you to hear episode 74 of Ray Edwards podcast, five reasons why I still attend seminars. Uh, his reasons, I'll, I'll just list them here, but he goes into great detail. To remain a student, to be productively uncomfortable, to connect with clients, customers, and friends, to make JV or joint venture connections, and to buy things. And 
absolutely loved that episode. Ray, you did a, your your show is amazing. I absolutely love it. RayEdwards.com slash zero seven four. Uh, I, Brian, I encourage you to go listen to that episode. It, it, it's just, it'll be, it just add to the value of the, all the things that I've already shared. And, uh, so at this point, I hope that I've encouraged people to understand that going to these conferences, they're not expensive. <laughs> Matter of fact, when, it, when you start looking at it this way and, and eventually you will, I mean, it, I hope anyway, Eventually, I hope that you'll get to the place where you'll see a conference that's $1,900, and you know that that does not include your airfare, and it does not include meals, and it does not include your hotel, and also the conference is going to take up four or five days of your life away from your business. There will be a time when you, hopefully, I, I, I hope this for you, that you will look at that and say, wow. I can't believe I can actually achieve what I hope to achieve by attending this conference and it only cost me that much money, whether it be $5,000, $6,000, $7,000. Now, with that being said, I'm going to tell you a couple of conferences that I personally recommend and endorse. Now, I've never been to PodCamp Dallas before, but I've been to many PodCamps. And as I told you, in in the days when I couldn't afford very much, I would make it a point to, to go to these podcasts. They were good conferences. And uh, my friend Gary Leland is putting together the third annual or the third podcamp Dallas. It's going to be held in Dallas, Texas in on October 12th. So it's in Dallas, Texas on October 12th, and the conference is free. All right, the uh, the tickets are already available on sale, I believe. I think they went on sale on August 15th, but uh, the conference is on October 12th. I the All the speakers are already uh, lined up for the conference, and here's the situation. It's limited room. There's only room for 90 people to get in on this conference. So if you want to get in on it, make sure that you sign up right away. So here's a free conference and depending on where you live, you'd have to arrange for travel to Dallas and a hotel. And sometimes you might be able to find somebody else to go with you and share a room that cuts your cost in half there. You might be able to find something very inexpensive on uh, Airbnb.com. And there, there's all kinds of things you could try. But I recommend that you check out and potentially go to PodCamp Dallas. All right, PodCampDallas.com. Uh, that's, a, that's a little plug for my friend Gary Leland there. And then uh, maybe you... It's, it's like, okay, you know what? I don't mind paying for a conference, but I just can't afford to right now to to pull off the travel, the hotel and the food and being away from my business and and uh, just all of those expenses. So I want to tell you about Social Media Success Summit. This is an online conference uh, that is actually very easy for just about any business person to to go into. And by the way, I will be presenting. This is put together by my friend Michael Stelzner from socialmediaexaminer.com. Anyway, uh, it's online, so it's, they're basically all kind of webinar sessions, but they're there's they're just like conference sessions, but the, it's it's online. You don't get that meeting people face to face kind of deal, but you do get some very educational and informative content. So you do very much get the educational in, uh, experience from this conference. It's online. I'm presenting there. Michael Hyatt, Mari Smith, Chris Brogan, Amy Porterfield, my great friend Pat Flynn, all of these folks and so many more people are going to be presenting 
for Social Media Success Summit. Now, this is going to be happening from, I think, October 1st through the 23rd. And basically, it's like two sessions a day on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. So it's definitely going to be an amazing time. And by the way, the cost of this conference is only $597. That comes out to $18 per session. And again, did I just say that? Yes, I just said it. Only $597. I think that that is an incredible bargain. And uh, if you guys are interested, I do have an affiliate link. I get a generous commission if you sign up through my link for the Social Media Success Summit. And my link is gspn.tv slash SMSS for Social Media Success Summit. So again, that's gspn.tv slash SMSS. The next conference I'll tell you about is the Platform Conference. Uh, This is going to be November 3rd through 5th, also in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Matter of fact, it's the only reason I didn't make it to to the uh, PodCamp Dallas. I I, I really was uh, interested by Gary uh, Leland's invitation to speak at PodCamp Dallas, which, by the way, my friend Mark Mason, uh, Late Night Internet Marketing uh, podcast. Uh, Mark Mason's going to be podcast. Uh, going to be speaking at PodCamp Dallas, but I I really wanted to go, but I was going. You know, it, I didn't want to go to Dallas in October and then turn around and go two or three weeks later uh, to to Dallas again. So uh, I, I wasn't able to pull it off. But I will be speaking at the Platform Conference. This is Michael Hyatt's conference in Dallas, Texas, November third through the fifth. Uh, it's nine hundred ninety seven dollars for the least expensive ticket. Uh, now, you can use my promo code if you just type in Cliff, C-L-I-F-F, that will at the time, right now, it's giving you $150 off the conference. So uh, that helps out. And uh, it, this is an amazing conference for helping you build your platform. And I will tell you, you'll have tons. It, it, $997 is an investment, and it will have returns on its rewards, guaranteed. All right? Uh, New Media Expo. This is... Uh, the New Media Expo, NMX 2014. As I told you, this conference has already done tremendous things for my networking and business advancement. Uh, you can sign up as a content creator pass, only $497. Now, there is an expo floor only pass. I don't recommend that. I recommend spending the $497, which by the way, it's only that price through September 13th, then the price goes up. You can use promo code CLIFF20 to get 20% off on that. Uh, that's, again, Cliff20, C-L-I-F-F-2-0. We'll get you 20% off of the 497 Content Creator Pass. And that conference is going to be January 4th through the 6th. You can sign up at nmxlive.com. And this is the conference there. I'm actually the director of podcasting for it. This is the largest social media, new media conference in the world uh, we're hoping to have 4,000 content creators, bloggers, podcasters, web TV producers from around the world. It is going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, more than 50 countries will be represented there, and uh, I-, I hope to see you there. I do. And, of course, I'll be speaking at that event. Uh, then, of course, Michael Stelzner also has Social Media Marketing World, and that's actually going to be in uh, San Diego on March 26th through the 28th. And I will be speaking at that event. And there's not a price or registration open for it yet, but there will be soon, uh, I, would, I would imagine. I know they're working on things right now. So, 
anyway, the great conference. Uh, again, you know, I think the price tag on that is probably around a thousand dollars as well. Uh, we'll know soon, but these things are investments, and I've oftentimes been asked. Cliff, you know, if you were to go back and and do anything over again, what would you change? And I've always told people I wouldn't change anything. I'd like to make all the same mistakes, and I still hold to that. I I I really am the person I am because of all the things my journey, you know, that's been hap- that's happened to me along my journey. But if there is one thing that I would recommend for people who are starting out, I would say do this: invest in conferences, go to them, participate. And network and meet and talk with people. Take notes and don't try to uh, don't try to assimilate all information that you get there. Uh, go to a conference with the goal of looking only for the one to three insights that's going to help you take your business to the next level. Look for the one to three friendships that you want to take to the next level and look for at least one opportunity to network with somebody else there on how you can build or grow your business or your income. That's my recommendation for conferences. And Brian, I hope that helps you out, my friend. And well, before we wrap things up with our final question this week, I do want to play for you a testimonial that came in a while back from Dr. Kenny Handelman about my podcasting a to Z course. Hi, Cliff. It's Dr. Kenny Handelman from ADHDpodcast.com. I just wanted to send you a quick audio to thank you. Thank you for podcasting A to Z. I wanted to share this with you to let you know how much I appreciated the course. And if you want to share this with others, you're certainly welcome to do so. I just wanted to give you a bit of background and let you know how the course worked for me. So first of all, I was introduced to your podcast by a friend. Uh, it was probably about eight or 10 weeks before podcasting A to Z started in July. And I was really impressed. I was impressed by the content you were sharing. I was impressed by the production value of your podcast. And most importantly, I was really impressed by your integrity. Uh, you built a strong community. You shared a message with me that was meaningful. And I respected, and still do, how you delivered your message. So when podcasting A to Z was introduced and I found out that I could take part in training with you, and learn everything I would need to know to get my podcast going, not just the technical things, the knobs and settings and websites and MP3s and all that kind of stuff, but also the reason why and how to connect with my listeners and how to build a community. Uh, I was very interested. Um, I'm a doctor who specializes in treating ADD and ADHD in kids, teens, and adults. And really, people need to get the right information uh, because there is so much misinformation out there. So I was considering doing a podcast. I've been blogging for a while and thought it would be good. So I went through all the materials, took a look at what you were offering and decided to register. So when I registered for podcasting A to Z, I saw how detailed, thorough, and clear you made everything, even complicated things. You break it down into simple steps and make it very doable. At the start of the course, I had 10 days of absolute busyness. Uh, my cousin was getting married. We had family in from out of town. I was on call. Like it was just everything was happening and I couldn't take part too much in the first 10 days worth of training. But as you describe, the materials are there for me. It's not that I missed anything. And after I finished that busyness, I got going with the course and got actively involved. And I caught up and I got everything I needed to. And what I found is the best part of the training is the fact that you provide so much individual attention. You promise this. And at the beginning of the course, you send an email or a notice to the class members and say, listen, 
I'm available on these days, but on this day, I'm not available. And you stuck to that. And it was perfect. If I emailed you on the right day, I got a message back within hours and it was detailed and specific and clear and just so helpful. And when I took a look around the class in the uh, online members area, I saw that you were the same with every single member, over 30 people. And you were so dedicated to answer every question, give very specific helpful suggestions with a lot of heart and caring in them. So that was fantastic. I did get my studio set up so I can do things like this. I can say, thank you, Cliff, and play this. I can just play a little audio in the background. And of course, I learned how to do this from you, Cliff, and I'm proud of the quality of the audio I can produce now. I love it. It sets a high standard for what I'm capable of doing. So I did get my studio set up. I've published four episodes of ADHD Podcast. It's in iTunes and BlackBerry and all that. And as I'm recording this today on Monday, September 3rd, I've had 4,033 downloads of my podcast, which I'm thrilled about. That's 4,033 people who have learned a different message about ADHD, a hopeful message, strategies that work and can help them. I've had great comments and feedback, great interaction with comments on my blog, and it's just been wonderful. So I really appreciate you, appreciate the training, and thank you for podcasting A to Z. So if you're, you do decide to share this with any listeners, I'll just say this. If you're considering podcasting A to Z, go for it. Cliff will give you excellent training, not just the specifics, the knobs and the technical details and the you know plugins and WordPress and websites and everything. He'll also tell you why to podcast, how to podcast, how to connect with your members, and how to do it with integrity. So Cliff, thanks a ton, and good luck with the next class. All right, Dr. Kenny Handelman, thank you so much for that. And you know what? He said that uh, as he was recording that on September 3rd, that's actually September 3rd of last year. But uh, he's just done that to kind of um, supplement his other content that he's been putting out and... I see that he has still continued to release content. His 28th episode is out there uh, on his website. You can find that at drkenny.com, or I think it was adhdpodcast.com. But anyway, Dr. Kenny, thank you so much for that glowing testimonial and endorsement for my course. And folks, here's the deal. I do have some spots open. In fact, uh, the registrations are starting to pour in. And I am offering a early bird discount once again for this new session, $500 off the cost of the course if you use this uh, promo code or discount code SAVE500. Again, you just go to podcastinga-to-z.com. Make sure that you go through the video and read through the stuff there if you're interested. Uh, I certainly would recommend that you do that so that you know how the course is designed and how it works. But then if you decide to sign up, go ahead and click the register now button. And in the shopping cart, you can put save 500, S-A-V-E 500, and you will get $500 off. And here's the cool thing. This is one benefit that's not listed on the website yet. I haven't taken the time to to add it there. But once the course is over, you'll be invited to a podcasting A to Z alumni member private group that's on Facebook. And this is something that has been opened up to all of my A to Z alumni students. And so far, well over 100 of the 230 students who have gone through podcasting A to Z have already signed up and and are in that core or in that group and active and it's just a delight to see those people serving each other helping each other encouraging each other 
And um, so, yeah, it, it's it's awesome. I hope that you'll check it out. Podcasting A to Z dot com. Use the promo code SAVE500. I'd love to see you in my next course, which starts on September 23rd. Monday, September 23rd. Sign up today. I'd love to be working with you. Get that podcast launched, will ya? All right. Let's move on to our final question of the week. My name is Rick, and I host the Strange Encounters podcast, and I'm calling to ask if you have any insight into the timing between when a rating is posted to iTunes and when it actually appears. And the reason I ask is that I do ask my listeners to leave feedback and ratings on iTunes at the end of the podcast, and one listener reported to me via email that his review is not showing up, and he just wanted me to know that he had done so. So anyway, uh, thank you, Cliff, for everything you do, and I love your show. Take care. All right, Rick, thank you so much for the question. And yes, I, ha- I do know how long it takes usually to, to get those things in there. And it is about 24 to 48 hours. It could happen sooner, but it takes about 24 to 48 hours once they submit it for it to actually show up in your listing. And then I know that because I also ask people to leave ratings and reviews from time to time. And if people want to do that for... Podcast Answer Man, you can do that at podcastanswerman.com slash iTunes link. Again, I'm pretty sure that's it. Podcastanswerman.com slash iTunes L-I-N-K. And I'm just checking it to make sure that works. Yep, that takes you right there. Podcastanswerman.com slash iTunes link. If you were to leave me a five-star rating and review, only if I deserve it, and a written review... It certainly helps my show uh, get more visibility and popularity inside of iTunes, which I love. But um, also, you'll notice that once you submit it, it'll say, thank you, you've been submitted. And if you were to pull it up immediately, no, you wouldn't see it there. And even the very next morning, you may not see it there. But about two days later, you're almost certain to see it. It could take longer than 48 hours, and it could be less than 24. But that, my friend, is exactly how long it takes. Alrighty, and uh, so yeah, we we did cover everything. I was just going to wrap up by telling you that I did a video blog post. Uh, You can find at uh, podcastanswerman.com slash blog. And I did a a video, put an hour and 25 minute webinar that I did for my podcast mastermind organization titled, What is Triber and How Can It Benefit Me? All right, what is Triber and how can it benefit me? It's an online web service. Originally started out with uh, Twitter. It's a service that allows you to put your RSS feed into the system and other people who sign up for your tribe, uh, they can follow it and have the opportunity to share anything that gets posted to your feed out to their communities on uh, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Of course, they can follow your tribe, or you can actually even let them come into your tribe. You can invite them as a tribe member, and it allows them to put their RSS feed in there. And you can it, that will populate this stream, if you will, of content that you could then share for them. Helps you help them, they help you, all that good stuff. All of this and more. We talked about an, for an hour and 25 minutes with the, C, uh, with the founder, co-founder of Triber. Uh, and uh, I did that for the Podcast Mastermind, giving that for free to you guys on the blog. Uh, you can go to podcastanswerman.com slash Triber will get you there as well if you listen to this much, much later. That's uh, T-R-I-B-B. Hold on. T-R-I-B-B. No. T-R-I-B-E-R-R. 
It's Triber with an extra R. Podcastanswerman.com slash T-R-I-B-E-R-R. Anyway, you get the idea. Thank you guys for tuning in. Podcast. It's a man.